fish on. Another episode of Hunger for the Outdoors, everyone. I hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, this week is just the four of us. So I'm Connor. I'm Michaela. I'm Melissa. And I'm Zach. And this week, as we were discussing what we wanted to talk about, we came to the conclusion that you know, it would be fun just to talk about equipment that we think are necessary, equipment that we think is optional and just make hunts more enjoyable. Um, and so with that, Zach, what do you think are some of the bare necessities we need for hunting? All right. So every time I go out hunting, there's a few things that I don't leave home without. doesn't matter what kind of hunting I'm doing, and it doesn't matter where I'm going, what animal I'm trying to hunt. There are a few things that I don't leave home without. But the number one thing that I always start off with is water. Um, a lot of guys have different ways of how they carry it, but my way is I've got – I prefer a Nalgene bottle. I really love Nalgene because they've never leaked on me. Um and a secret that I've got to keeping warm at night is boil water, put it in an algae bottle, put a sock over it, and put it in the bottom of your sleeping bag. Um, but that's my preferred way of carrying water in the field. Connor, how do you carry water in the field? Honestly, I'll usually for like duck hunts and stuff, I'll just pick up a bottle of water at the gas station the night before, along with a couple energy drinks or whatever else we want. We'll just throw it in a sled and keep it near us. All right. And uh, something with the carrying water that's kind of nice, um, if your backpack has the option, is a hydration pack or a camelback. They're really, really mm -hmm. nice. They're hands-free. Convenient if you have it, but not yeah, necessary. I do enjoy those very much. I've used them a lot on, like, hiking and backpacking trips just unfortunately for me my dog got a hold of the tube and then now it leaks so i can't really use it i have to look into getting another one but those are yep. a great tool carry a lot of water very easy to carry as well definitely another thing that i don't leave home without is a weapon you know if i'm going to go hunting i've got to have a gun or my bow or a shotgun whatever it's going to be and then with that I never leave without a little bit of extra ammo, you know, say Connor and I are going out hunting and we, you know, maybe we're going to go out and shoot ducks and we only expect to see 20, 30 ducks, you know, a lot of guys would only bring enough ammunition for what they expect. And my philosophy is always, always, always carry at least 10 to 15 extra rounds. And the reason being is I've got a story. My uncle, he actually, had a tag for a cow elk out on the desert one year and uh he looks out and all of a sudden there's cow after cow after cow and they're all in a line going out in front of him and so he goes to jack a bullet into his gun and realizes his gun is empty so he goes into his backpack looking for a bullet can't find one and i think he spent about 10 minutes tearing that truck apart before he just sat on the hood and watched those elk go by because he had nothing to kill him with. Along yeah, with that, if you take your bow, make sure you have extra arrows with you and broadheads. Because we've lost broadheads when we've gone out. Always have extra ones of those. 
Yeah, I know for us, we usually bring you know, at least two boxes of shells per person. I mean, 50 shells versus what's the limit? Seven ducks. Mm-hmm. If it takes you 50 shells to get seven ducks, then you know either you're not shooting right or you're sky busting. So we always exactly. have, we have a little extra. Now, let me ask you this, Connor. You do mostly duck hunting, right? Correct. What's your preferred ammunition for ducks? Well, this past season, I've kind of dove more into, um, you know, technicalities of ammunition and talking with other friends and seeing posts on, you know, Facebook groups and whatnot. And, you know, I've come to the conclusion that for me, I'll, I'll just go with whatever brand is cheapest, but we both have, me and my wife, we have 12 gauge shotguns and I'll try and shoot at least a three inch shell. And I don't think we do anything less than a two shot size. And I always keep a uh, couple of shells on a sleeve of my shotgun. We keep those for goose. And so those are, I believe they are, they're three and a half double B. And I just keep those there in case I see a goose fly by and I'm not ready for them. All right. As for my ammunition for ducks, um, really, there's there's two different brands that I prefer to go with. Um, not that I can always afford them, but if I can, I like Black Cloud or Kent. Um, they're both really great pattern. They're, they work well with the shotgun that I've got. And I found that I feel more confident taking a shot when I've got those bullets in my chamber. Um, but I'll be honest with the way that I am a college student trying to afford, um, more often than not, I'm using Winchester X. Um, as for using Winchester X or federal, I do have black cloud though. And I do enjoy shooting those. And I do think that those are probably the most inexpensive that you can get. Um, as for arrows and arrow systems and broadheads um, and preferences on those, I personally am shooting right now two different arrows, trying to figure out which I like better. Um, I'm shooting the Hunter XTs, and I'm shooting uh, Easton Bloodlines. And so both those arrow systems are great. I'm just trying to figure out which one I prefer. And then my wife shoots a different arrow system. Yeah, I shoot with the gold tip hunters. And so we're she's shooting those and I'm shooting the two trying to figure out which one I like. But as for broadheads, um there's a lot of different options out there, but I think this year we found a this past year we found a company that we really like and we're gonna get some broadheads. They're a little more on the expensive side. Um and luckily for us we know the owner, we're able to get a little bit of a discount off of them, but they're Valkyrie. Um, and they're the the Blood Eagles. And they're quite a bit more expensive than I would like to pay for them. But they are an amazing quality broadhead. You don't have to go and buy a new one each year. You can always resharpen them. Um, and overall, they're just a really great quality broadhead. And so for arrows and broadheads, that's what we use. An- another uh, thing that I don't leave home without, and I've found this over the years as I've gone hunting, camping, fishing whatever it be i don't leave home without an extra pair of socks 
what do you think, Connor? <clears throat> yeah, definitely. That's a, uh, you know, after I took a spill in some icy water, my waders filled up this last year. I don't think I want to head out without an extra pair of socks now. <laughs> I had to yep. sit there off the bank, frozen. You know, didn't have an extra pair of socks. My wife had to walk back to the car to grab my sweatpants. I took my waders off because they were soaking wet. Not to mention it was like 20 degrees outside. So definitely if you're if it's gonna be cold and there's a possibility of you getting wet, make sure you bring extra clothes that are dry. Now, for you, Connor, do you have a preferred like company that you get your socks from, or is it just any sock off the rack? I mean, for duck hunting, I'll just get any sock really, just the regular socks that I wear every day. All right. I know for me, if I'm hunting, I really prefer a wool. Um, it tends to not absorb water as much. I can get them drier quicker. So for me, I use wool. So the next thing we have on our list is toilet paper. Being a female hunter, it's really nice to have toilet paper in your pack. And number two, you can use it for a few different things while you're out hunting. Now, let's talk about this just as a toiletry for right now um, to wipe yourself when you're <laughs> when you're out in nature and nature calls. Um, it's nice to have, you know, you're not sitting there all day without one sock because you had to use that for the duty. <laughs> um, but Michaela, you have something that kind of makes it nicer for you to go out hunting. And it's kind of a nice to have, not a necessity, right? Yes. So we have a friend who uh, has a 3D printer and we asked him if he can make us a sheepie for me. Um, we don't know what that is. It's where it's a little funnel so that girls can pee standing up like guys. And yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. You found that to be pretty convenient for you? Yes. Awesome. And so just throwing that out there, that is a nice to have, not a necessity, but it is pretty awesome. The next thing on our list um, is a good pair of hunting boots. Um, I have been through more than my fair share of boots. My wife can attest to the fact that I don't like getting new boots. Um, yeah. So when I get a new pair of boots, my other pair better be pretty wore out and destroyed. Carter? No, I definitely agree. You need a good pair of boots. Um, it really all depends on the terrain you're going to be hunting, how often you're going to be hunting. I mean, if you're going to be hunting a lot throughout the season. But yeah, for sure. If you're, It really all depends on if you're hunting a lot throughout the season or not and where you're hunting as well. If you're going to be hunting a lot throughout the season, in rough terrain out in the back country or in the mountains, definitely invest into a good pair of boots that'll last you multiple years. Um, yeah. But if you're not going to be hunting a whole lot or you're just going to be walking through the desert or prairie fields, I mean, almost any shoe will work for you. Just get something that, you know, maybe has some ankle protection, ankle support, in case you trip or roll your ankle or something. 
Um, but you don't need to like go spend a bunch of money if you're not going to be hunting a whole lot in a rough terrain. Yeah. Do you have a specific kind of boot that you use, Connor, or is it just generic? It's just my work boots, really. I don't do a whole lot of rough terrain hunting. When I go duck hunting, you know, I'm in my waders, and I have some boot covers that go over my waders. All right. And see, this is the first year for me I've gotten boots specifically for hunting. Um, I did a little bit of research, and the ones that I found that I liked were a Gore-Tex Rocky. Um, for one reason over another company, I had two boots that I was looking at that I really, really loved, but the Gore-Tex Rockies, they went up to my mid calf. And for me, that's important to have that support. My regular work boots go up to my mid calf as well. And it just provides that extra support. Now they do weigh a little bit more. And I'll put that in there that if you're going lightweight and you're trying to backpack a heck of a ways in go with light, lighter weight hiking boots. But if you're going and you want to protect your heels and your ankle, um, definitely get some mid-calf supports and make sure that they are good quality. Yeah, you definitely need that support. Just more as a safety thing than anything, really. Definitely. Definitely. And so the next thing that we're going to talk about today is uh, a first aid kit. Um Connor, do you carry one with you out in the field? Honestly, I don't, and I should. See, and I used to not. Well, I know that I've gone out, like, hunting with my family and everything, and an accident always ends up happening, and that's just part of my luck. And so I've always gotten in the habit of at least keeping, like, Band-Aids and wrap, wrapping stuff Toilet paper is good if you're out there and you have something to wrap around it until you can get out and get it taken care of properly. Yeah, and I'll throw this in here for you guys. Anyone listening to this, for a minor wound, dress it. Use antibacterial ointment. Wrap it. Make sure it stays out of dirt and everything else. If you have a serious wound, get out of the backcountry. Seek medical attention. Don't try to be the hero. That's how you end up dead. All right. So as we were talking about first aid, sorry, we got cut off. Um, don't be a hero. Don't get in there and get a serious wound and say, you know, I'm fine. If you have a decent sized wound, one that even if it got infected could be slightly problematic, get out and seek medical attention. It's not worth your life. It's not worth risking your health. Yeah, you definitely want to be safe. You know, safety comes first in everything you do. Especially if you're really out in the backcountry. You know, you could be miles, a couple hours away from help. Yeah. So the next thing that we have in our hunting pack is cordage. You can use it in a lot of different ways. You can use it in your first aid kit if you need to tie something on your arm if you get cut or whatever. But it's also useful to either drag animals out of where you're at or to hook, huh? hang food. Hang food. Um, Build a blind. 
Yeah, court is very helpful in a lot of different mm-hmm. situations. I know that uh, duck hunters, we use cord, especially for uh, anchors for our decoys, as well as jerk strings to add some motion to our uh, decoys. Yep. But well, even then, as Zach mentioned, you can use it to build blinds, tie fragmites together, branches, twigs. Ropes yeah, strong, you can probably climb a tree with it, too. Do you have a specific... Uh cordage do you use connor i don't know i'll just get whatever i can find at local outdoor shops like walmart or shields or cabela's yeah usually they'll have like something called 550 cord i don't know how they test how strong it is but i do know that usually i'll just pick up whatever's there i've never had it break on me and it's pretty universal for everything and so that's what i carry with me in the field is i try to carry an earthen color so it matches whatever i'm used whatever I'm around, but just any 550 cord out there I use. So the next thing that we keep in our hunting packs is a set of good knives, especially if you're going out like big game hunting, you can use those knives to help you field prep or cut your cordage around your animal if you're just going to drag it out. Or anything like that. I always carry a pocket knife with me. Um, you know, as I've mentioned before, I don't do a whole lot of big game hunting. So I don't carry around a whole lot of big, heavy-duty buck knives or anything like that. Just simple, small pocket knife that, you know, I can cut rope with or clean a duck with in the field or, you know, cut down some fragmites or whatever. But yeah. you definitely want a knife with you at all times. A good set of knives that me and Zach have found are the replaceable blade ones. Yep, I'm going to throw a hitch in here for two different companies. Um, I started off with Havilon knives. And don't get me wrong, I loved them to death. They were really, really amazing. The issue is, is I can't find blades for them locally. And so this past year, I switched to a different one, which I'm starting to really love. It's Outdoor Edge. And their replaceable bladed knives just make life so much easier if you're using it on skinning a big game animal. I mean, I probably went through three blades on one elk and it just made life so nice to be able to have that just switch really quick. Um, The other thing that I'm actually quite spoiled on is my beautiful wife this year got me probably the best hunting knife that I've had. Um, and it's actually right now for the off season of hunting season is my EDC, my everyday carry. Um, but it's a bench made mini crooked river knife and it is got to be one of the highest quality knives I've ever owned. Yeah. Bench made is definitely top of the line when it comes to knives. If you can afford them, they're great. And that's the thing is. With knives, a lot of the times you'll get what you pay for. Um, The way my old man put it to me is cry once so that you don't have to cry again. Um, Spend the money and get good quality once. If you can't afford it right now, save your dimes and pennies. But I would say that if you're looking for a good quality knife, Benchmade is the way to go.
So the next thing on our list is a survival kit. Um, just in case you ever get stranded out in the woods, it's nice to be able to have a little kit that you can survive at least a night, if not longer, until you can either figure out how to get out where, of where you're at or get help to where you're at. Um, one thing that we keep in ours is a little fire starter kit. Everybody is different of how they like to start their fires. Yep, we usually carry like a butane lighter and like flint and steel or something like that. Um, some braided fishing line because it's pretty universal. You can use it to fish, you can use it to hang stuff with, you can use it to do a bunch of different things with. And so I use braided line specifically. Um, and then hooks for fishing, um, a general wire saw to be able to cut logs if I needed it, and then a polyurethane sheet, like an emergency blanket sheet, just in case I need a shelter. Um, but Connor, you don't really walk that far from your vehicle a whole lot. Do you guys keep one in your car or, you know, what's your guys' go-to for emergency kit? Honestly, we don't really carry one. Um... How we usually do hunting is just park the car in the marsh. We'll hike out a couple hundred yards, find a spot. You know, sometimes we're even within view of our car. And we're usually pack out of there by one or two o'clock at the latest. And so... You guys, are, you guys mean, aren't very far from your vehicle. You don't really anticipate having need of one. Mm -hmm. We're in and out pretty quick never too far away from the vehicle. Um, but we do need to be better at having things just in case. <laughs> yeah, you, you never know what you can run into. Um, yeah, especially, I mean, if your car, if something were to happen to your vehicle, that's what I would be concerned about most. Definitely. Yeah, that, that is a big concern. Um, <clears throat> and really... At this point, if that does happen with us, since we don't carry much, our only hope would be somebody else in the marsh, which marsh we hunt at is pretty popular, so there's usually always people there. But with my luck, the one time there's nobody out there would be the time that we get stranded. Yeah, we know how our luck goes. <laughs> um, the next thing I would say that I wouldn't leave without in any hunting instance, is a way to field clean my gun. Um, this year, my beautiful wife again, she is one of the most amazing people. She got me a full gun cleaning kit, and in it, it has a field cleaning kit, which I'm going to start carrying in my hunting pack um, because of exactly what happened to us this year, Connor. You remember what happened to us while we were duck hunting? A lot of things happened to us while we were duck hunting. <laughs> Well, you remember specifically what happened when we had those two redheads fly by? Yeah, no, that was a that was a heart wrencher when your gun jammed right as they were flying by. And we've actually had the same thing happen with Michaela's gun. Um, I don't know how common of a thing this is, but she has a Winchester <laughs> SXP, and it's a pump action. And when you pump it forward, her bolt kind of twists into the barrel. And so sometimes if you're a little too forceful on it, or if you're just unlucky like we are, that uh, firing pin bolt will get caught inside of the barrel in the grooves there and it'll jam shut. And 
<laughs> I yeah. actually, the first time that happened was in the field while we were shooting ducks and I had to try and field strip it. And I actually ended up losing her firing pin in the water. I couldn't find it. You just hear a whing and a splash. I didn't know that uh, her firing pin was spring-loaded inside the bolt. So when I took the bolt out, I heard the firing pin, plink, and a little splash. And I was like, oh, crap. We were lucky enough that we were able to find one online and get it to us before our next hunt. But, man, I felt so bad. I was kicking myself in the butt. Yep, and it would be so nice to have a field cleaning kit in case it jams and you can take it apart and make sure that you've got it in running order again before you put it back together. Because I ended up having a retainer, uh, the ejector retainer break on me because I tried to eject it again. And so that one was one thing that just broke my heart. Um, the next thing that, you know, if you're going to be doing any time out in the field, don't leave home without a, an emergency map and compass. Throw it in a waterproof Ziploc bag. Throw it in the bottom of your pack. Forget about it. Get lost. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I think that's a great thing. On top of that, I know a lot of people here in my neighborhood that do a lot. They're big hunters. Like They'll get horses, trailers, go out for you know two weeks at a time, go hunt. And they almost always carry a satellite cell phone with them. And granted, you know, that's a little bit bigger of a purchase to make, but it has saved their lives more than once. You know, they've had to call in emergency services once or twice while out in the middle of the mountains. Yeah, and note on to that, if you're going to be hunting with more, well, in groups of two or more, um, I would suggest getting like walkie-talkies. That way, if you ever get separated... You can always communicate and try and find each other again. And again, that's a nice to have, not a necessity, just like the satellite phone. But again, a lot of these are redundancies to make sure that you're safe. That's our number one priority. That's everyone's number one priority. When we have a hunter in the backfield, in the backcountry, we want you guys to be safe. We want you guys to have needless redundancies so that if something happens, either number one, we can find you, or number two, you can find your way out. But that's our number one concern is everyone else's safety. We want to make sure everyone is safe. Yeah, on top of that, another great uh, tool that is fairly common knowledge, I think, anyway, among outdoorsmen, is firing your weapon three times. You know, it's a signal that you need help and that you're you know, in danger and stress. Yep. Yep, and that's a universal thing. Um, and the last thing that I would say that I don't ever leave home without, if I'm going hunting, I don't think I've ever left home without this, is a good hunting pack. Um, whether it be my day pack, because I've got a good hunting day pack, but I also have my big backpack that I like to use when I'm out big game hunting. Um, and so I would say a good pack to keep all your gear in, to keep it dry, to keep it available, um, I think that's something that's ne necessary in my book. What do you think, Connor? Yeah, I think that's great for when you're hiking out through the mountains, make sure you have a good backpack. You know, obviously, it'll make it easier to carry all these things that we've been talking about. Um, for us out in the water, we have a sled that we pull everything around in. And we can talk about that here in a minute as we get more into detail about 
you know, things that we personally carry around in our hunts. But for sure, even just a school backpack or anything like that. Well, and you got an awesome Christmas gift this year, didn't you? For a pack? It's not very big, but it's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> I forgot what you are talking about for a second. Yeah, no, my mother, she got me a blind bag. And it's pretty useful. Um, it fits all my ammo and my duck calls. I can fit a bunch of snacks um, as well as some hand warmers, which is another good tool to carry around if you're hunting during cold weather. Um, but the great thing I really like about this is, uh, is act it's actually uh, buoyant. It floats in the water and it's waterproof. And so I, it's nice to have it right next to me in the blind while we're shooting ducks. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really nice. And uh, so I think right now what we want to do is we want to go off and not just focus on the necessities. Now you guys have the bare bones of what we need. Let's talk about other hunts. Let's talk about specific hunts. Um, Connor and Michaela, you guys do a lot of waterfowl. What are things for waterfowl specifically that you carry? Things that make it either nice or that you use all the time that are ne necessary for you guys? Uh, for me, because I'm always cold, I um, like to have at least one pair of gloves with me. Um, just small, thin ones and bigger ones if needed. Um, let's see what else. We have all of our decoys and our waders and coats and all the layers of clothes and hand warmers. Um, what else? Um, I mentioned that we have a sled. I don't know how many duck hunters use this strategy, but I learned it from my cousins. I just went out to a local outdoor shop, went to Shields, found you know a good medium-sized ice fishing sled, and I throw all my gear in there. I'll throw the buckets that we use to sit on. I'll throw my bag of decoys, our guns, our ammo, just about everything we need. I'll throw it in that sled. And it makes marching through the water so much easier. You know, sometimes that boat is pulling me. It floats right across the water. It feels like you're not even pulling anything. Um, obviously, we have our guns and our ammo. And I carry a, probably five or six duck calls on my lanyard. I got a whistle. I got a mallard. I got a wood duck, even though we don't see many wood ducks around here. I also carry around a goose call and a teal call. Um, and so I like to just keep a wide range of calls on me because I never know what we're going to see out in the marsh. <clears throat> um, we got our decoys. We also have a large decoy bag that holds roughly 36 decoys. And it's got some backpack straps and buckles on it so you can throw it over your back, which we've done a time or two. A lot. Not <laughs> just a time or two, a lot. Okay, we've done it a lot. <laughs> um, because we hunt in the water most of the time and not on the banks, uh, we like to keep just five-gallon buckets with a pad on top. We use that to sit down on. Um, I also recently purchased a marsh stool from Banded, but I like it, but I just for me, it sits me up a little too high. 
Yeah, it makes it harder to find good cover in the Phragmites. Um, another thing I don't like about it is I find myself tilting one way or another because it's pretty much just one spike that goes into the ground. So there's not a whole lot of balance there. But other than that, it's a great seat, very soft and cushiony. It's got a 360 swivel on it, so I can churn all around. Um, what else do we have? Um, like Kayla said, you'll carry around some hand warmers and gloves if it's going to be cold. I got a nice pair of neoprene gloves that I really like that I can you know, set decoys out with, pick decoys up, retrieve birds, keep my hands nice and dry. Um, I think that's been probably one of the best purchases I made for waterfowl hunting. Because <laughs> I remember my first time I didn't have gloves. And going out retrieving those ducks, my hands got cold real fast. Um, I, mean, I believe that's pretty much all that we take. You know, just lots of warm clothing, calls, decoys, chairs. Yeah, I think for me, um, I carry two things that maybe you guys don't just because of the different area that I hunt. Uh, the number one thing that I'll carry around that you guys probably won't is a blind. I like a little portable blind. Um, got one several years ago, and I really, really love it. Um, I know another thing that we have for duck hunting is a dog vest for our dog, a neoprene one. That way he's protected in the best way that we can while we're out there. Yep. He is quite the investment. You know, he's not cheap, and so we want to do what we can to protect him. Um, also, not only is he an investment, but he's part of the family at this point. And so we're trying to make sure that he's safe, that he gets warm, that he's doing his job, but also protected while doing it. Yep. Um, another thing I want to reiterate, clothing. If you're going to be near your vehicle, or if you have any extra room in your bag, please bring an extra pair of clothes. Just in case your waiters spring a leak, just in case this thing happens, just in case that thing happens, you can be warm and dry rather than cold and miserable. Yeah, I know every time we go out, I have at least one extra sweatshirt or two and an extra pair of socks on top of the one that just in case your feet get wet because I get cold really easily because I'm so small. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think there's a great opportunity, Zach, to, uh, share the story of the time you and I went duck cutting this last year on the snake river, just the two of us or some of the things we brought for that and some things that we should have brought. So this hunt was set up to be amazing. The only thing that I wished we had that we actually didn't have was I wish we brought a set of waders because we didn't bring those. <laughs> and I wish we'd have brought an extra set of clothes um, because I actually ended up taking a spill in that river. Um, and when it's in Idaho and we're at the end of December, well, we're end of November, beginning of December, it's pretty freaking cold. And there's snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up falling in the water and freezing. You know, I was, I was worried about hypothermia. Um, luckily, my beautiful wife and Michaela were able to get their butts out of bed, um, out of their nice warm beds and come and save me. But... Um, <laughs> Some things that were really nice that we had on that hunt 
Number one, I don't think we should have brought our decoys. No, that was unnecessary. I think. Um, but I think one thing that I, two things that I was really grateful that we did have was number one, I brought that little round seat cushion. Yeah. That was really nice. I think that that was amazing. It saved my butt from freezing. Number two, you remember we had breakfast on the river? I, I was waiting to bring that up. I wanted to tell this whole story of our hunt. You guys, I'm not joking when I say this is probably my favorite hunt I've ever been on. That was a lot of fun. We So we got up in the morning. We drove out to the Snake River. On the way there, we were just keeping an eye out for ducks on the canal and happened to see a few, so we jumped out, and uh, Zach got this beautiful blue-winged teal that he had to go down and retrieve, and once we got out to the boat ramp, keep in mind, Zach, he doesn't have a good duck-hunting boat. It's just this little tin boat with uh, oars to paddle along with. So we get out to the boat ramp. How much snow do you think was out there? Oh, it was probably 8, 10 inches. Yeah, and we're in a little Ford Ford edge. There is no way it was going to make it up and down that uh, that boat ramp. And so I was like, Zach, how do you want to, uh, how do you want to get this boat down there? What'd you say? Let's bobsled it. Yep. So we picked up the boat off the trailer and pushed it over. I was like, okay, so how are we going to do this? He gave me no warning. He just said, push, and started pushing. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Started pushing it down there. We're getting towards the water. Like, What's he thinking? What's he going to do here? He just yells, jump in, jump in. So I jump in. He jumps in, and we hit the bottom of the river and bounce off of it. And we probably got out there 20 feet. We flew into that river. We were probably going a good, you know, six, seven miles an hour down that hill. Oh, but yeah, that was tons of fun. And then we just start floating down the river. All of a sudden, Zach pulls out this little tiny camp chef. It wasn't, it's a, it's a backpacking stove, dude. <laughs> he pulls this out and starts cutting the duck up and is right there on the water. Now, it couldn't have been more than half an hour after he killed this duck. He cooks the duck in this little backpack stove, and we have breakfast right there on the river while we hunt. And that was probably the best duck I've ever eaten. Because we, was, ate it. we were cold, and it was warm. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, it was a fresh kill. Got to eat it out there in the wild while we were still hunting. Not to mention, we didn't have any seasonings or anything for it, but it was still probably some of the best duck I've had. Oh, and it was tender too, man. Mm. I and we had to start it over two or three times because we'd hit a rock and it'd bump it off and get it all cold, and so you'd have to restart it. <laughs> yeah, this is where Zach was mentioning uh, wishing he brought waders. <laughs> we uh, didn't know that some of the points in that river were that shallow, so we'd get stranded. And poor Zach, he offered to get out on the boat and push us. And so he got out there in his pants and boots in this icy water and pushed us out of these uh, spots probably, what, three or four times? Oh, yeah, probably three or four times. It only got knee deep. Yeah, you know, we got lucky that didn't happen too often, but 
you want to tell them about the time that you uh, fell into the river? So I had my wife on the phone and I'm standing up because we just had these two beautiful redheads fly off to our side and I tried to shoot and uh, my gun had jammed. And so I'm sitting there looking at my gun, standing up in my boat. My wife's on the phone and she is, my phone is on the seat of the boat. And with no warning, this boat comes to a screeching halt. Now, keep in mind, this river's probably flowing four or five miles an hour. So we're sitting there and it comes to a screeching halt. Well, I don't know if anyone knows anything about inertia, but when the object you're on comes to an immediate halt, you don't. I was still traveling at four to five miles an hour. Connor was sitting down. He was seated. So his center of gravity was quite low. I got lucky and did not fall into the river. I was not. And so I'm facing backwards. And the first thing I do is fly out of that boat butt first. (laughs) And my butt hit that water. And I thought for sure I was going to freeze to death right then and there. Um, Luckily, I was able to get up back into the boat pretty quickly. And uh, call our wives and tell, tell them to come get us. <laughs> now, just to give you an idea of the kind of man Zach is, I told him, like, Zach, this water still has ice floating on it. And you just got completely submerged. Let's just row as fast as we can to the boat ramp. You know, you're freezing cold. Hunt's over. Let's just get the boat ramp and get out of here, get you warm. <laughs> I think he was kind of pissed off at that point because he's like, no, we're going to get you a duck, dang it. And he started paddling, steering the boat. His gun was jammed, so he didn't have anything to shoot with. But he tried like heck to get me a duck. We uh, paddled all over that river back and forth up until we hit that boat ramp. And right as we saw the boat ramp, we were able to shoot a duck. And unfortunately, it was this beautiful, what did, what did we decide it was? A golden head? Golden eye? I, yeah, I think it was a yeah, golden beautiful eye. Beautiful Drake golden eye. But unfortunately, I didn't quite hit it right. I crippled it and dove into the water and popped up probably 20, 30 feet away from us. We tried to get after it, but it was just swimming too fast for us. But even then, it was still probably one of my favorite hunts ever. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed that. I think for next year, I need to invest in a pair of good wading boots and a pair of decent neoprene waders, and we will have to go back to that area and hunt it again. Yeah. That's the ironic part of this whole story is I asked them four or five times, you sure I don't need my waders? I got them right here in the back. I can just throw them on. He's like, no, we'll be fine. We're in the boat. All right, if you say so. Well, we ended up needing them and it didn't work well. (laughs) But uh, I think we just kind of want to end on duck hunting and the things that we carry for them. Um, And I think we've covered the basics of everything. I mean, another thing that we carry, again, Connor mentioned this earlier, uh, just popped in my mind, a jerk rig. Um, If you have no wind and your water is still, it adds motion and it's really, really nice. Um, And calls. You know, calls, calls, calls. They're so important. Get a good quality one. Um, 
do what you can to. Mm-hmm. Another thing I like that I use for motion in my decoy spread is the Mojo Butt Rippler. Twerking duck. Yeah, I've nicknamed it my twerking duck. Or Mojo Jojo. And Kayla likes to call it Mojo Jojo. But it's just the butt end of a duck sticking up with the weight and it shakes it and just creates some ripples and a little bit of motion for those calm wind days. Um, but I think that about covers all of our duck hunting gear. Yep. And I think that next time on our next uh, podcast, you know, keep an eye out guys for pictures on our Instagram for um, the picture of Connor's duck that he got that weekend, the picture of us floating down the river um, and a couple of pictures of Connor and I and uh, Michaela and Melissa duck hunting, you know, make sure to keep an eye out for that on our Instagram. But next time we're going to cover what we want in big game hunting um, general small game hunting like rabbits and squirrels and also what you want for an overnight hunt. Um, and that'll be next week. Mm-hmm. Zach, do you want to tell them where they can find us? Yeah. So we have an email. It's hunger for outdoors. The number four. Um, we also have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. hunger for the outdoors. The number Is four. Gmail. And our Facebook. Oh, yes, it's a Gmail. I apologize. That is a gmail.com. Um, and then our Facebook, it's Hunger for the Outdoors with the number four, not the word four. Um, and that's probably where we're most active. Um, our Instagram and our Facebook, we have been terrible about that, guys. We are so sorry. We're uploading a post um, on the trapping that we said that we'd do today. We've done the video. We just need to upload it for you guys. And then everything else. We will post our hunting adventures from this year for duck hunting um, and our pictures from our adventure. So, mm-hmm. And those should come out when we uh, release this episode. Uh, this one will be next week on Saturday. We posted last week's The Trapping for the Outdoors or Trapping 101. We uploaded last week. And so if you're listening to this... Um, We've already released the trapping episode. Yeah, if you guys haven't caught them, we try and record these you know, at least a week in advance. So this one should be coming out on the 30th. Yep. Um, but until next time, guys, I'm Zach. I'm Melissa. I'm Connor. I'm Michaela. And this is Hunger for the Outdoors. See you next time, guys.